And we are live. Thank you guys for coming back once again. Um, I had something interesting I wanted to do this time. It was, uh, I wanted to go through some comments, some user comments on my YouTube channel. So what you're looking at right now is the back end on YouTube for me. And these are the comments that I see. Uh, as you can see, I have like 2,000 spams, uh, like spam comments. It's just ridiculous. Honestly, I don't even go in there. Um, but the last time I did, it was stuff about, like, if you post a link, it will almost always just automatically go to spam. A YouTube just catches it by default and puts it in spam. Um, if other YouTubers has, have marked your comments as spam, then your your comment will be more likely to go to spam. So sometimes if I go in there, I'll find legitimate comments uh, from people who were, you know, just honestly like my stuff, but they were in the spam section because somebody else marked them as such. Um, so anyway, but you know, a couple of rules to keep in mind. Uh, don't post links um, because YouTube will usually just delete it and I won't ever even see it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so the first comment we've got here actually has a link Rudy Giuliani style. I don't know if you guys remember this story about Rudy Giuliani, but he didn't put a space after a period and it created a link. And somebody bought that link and then made an anti-Trump website out of it. So this guy, Giuliani, tweeted something and his tweet linked to like an anti-Trump website. It was hilarious. But anyway, <laughs> and then he started talking about this conspiracy about Twitter being anti-Trump. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And I think he's like the head of Trump's tech department or something. It's just outrageous. Anyway, so let's read this first comment, see what they had to say. This one's from Cat Galaxy Forever. Actually, you know what? Let me refresh the page so we can get to the top. There is a comment I saw in here earlier that I want to address with you guys. So we'll go to, until we get there and then we'll keep going. So Cat Galaxy Forever says, I just want to say you've helped me get through some tough times. You helped me because, uh, I'm sorry, you helped me become an atheist. I still go to a Christian school, and my grandparents still think I'm Christian, but my parents know and are okay with it. I just want to say thanks, and also you're an incredible artist. Keep up the good work. Uh, what you're doing is great. I appreciate that. Um, one note about me being an, an incredible artist, a lot of this stuff, I've said this before uh, in various places, a lot of this stuff, I'm actually getting this from like places like dragoart.com or, you know, just other drawing tutorial websites, and I'm just learning to do the drawing. Uh, I'm just kind of wireframing it and then doing the line art and recording myself while I do the line art. That's what I'm doing. So, I don't know. I don't really consider myself an amazing artist. I mean, I do like to draw and stuff, but I've seen some really amazing art from some people. So I hesitate to call myself that. But I do appreciate you, you know, you, you leaving that comment. That's awesome. Would you murder your daughter for another day of Christmas? Yes. I say that knowing she's upstairs and possibly listening. Yes, I would for one more day of Christmas. <laughs> Just kidding. Love you, baby. Uh, okay, so then we've got uh, the, next, the next comment. I don't even know what this means. Veganism? It's just a person saying veganism. That's it. Everything in life can be considered a cult according to your criteria. You really don't know what you're talking about. 
Is that so? According to my criteria, uh, interesting that they, they say that. My criteria are the criteria that the psychology community widely accepts. Um, the bite model is widely accepted. And it's very specific criteria. It isn't just something I came up with just off the top of my head. This is stuff that Stephen Hassan and lots of other people have been working on for a long time. A long time. And like I said the other day, um, at some point, I said, I'm just standing on Stephen Hassan's shoulders. I'm nobody special. I, I, I don't know that I'd even consider myself an expert in this. I just know the material really, really well. I'm just standing on this guy's shoulders. Uh, he really is, uh, you know, amazing at what he does. So anyways, this next per I mean, the person who said, I don't know what I'm talking about, said in another comment, how is Mormonism a cult? I feel like I've addressed that pretty well in um, my full bite model breakdown, which was I actually released recently. I think in the past like few weeks or something, I released that. Let's see, Rebecca Nunez, I think that's Nunez, says, I feel like if I asked a Jehovah's Witness about their leader, quote-unquote, they would just say Jehovah and talk about how great he is, not the human men pulling the strings. Won't know till I try, though, I guess. They might actually say Jesus. If you said, who is your leader? They, they may say Jesus, um, although they don't view him as a god or anything. They do view him as the head of things, basically, though. So they think that it goes Jehovah, then Jesus, then the governing body, I guess, and then the elders, and then them is kind of the hierarchy there. Then it's, uh, there's another person who says, this is the same guy who made Kingdom Hearts Chronicles. Oh, he's... Okay, that was on a spirit science video. I wonder if he's talking about... Uh, I think the dude's name is Jordan Pierce, the guy who uh, made Spirit Science. That isn't his real name. That's kind of the name he made up, from my understanding. But I wonder if that's who he's talking about. Did he make Kingdom Hearts Chronicles? That would be weird. Uh, interesting, though. And then I get somebody named Aaron Clark says, You're so humble. He may be the expert, but you do an amazing job interpreting his works and using them to help us understand what a cult is. Thanks for the video. Much love. Uh, hearty kissy face. That's so nice. <laughs> I appreciate that, really. That's awesome. I really love you guys. Like, you guys are so awesome. All of you. Every single one of you. Except the dicks. I don't like the dicks. But everybody else is cool. So, let's see. What was... I was looking for one specific... One specific comment. Now, let me see if I can find it real quick. It's missing. Okay, here it is. All right. Uh, let me just skip to this one because it's really interesting. So this one is by Viorp. Viorp. And they edited the comment, apparently. That's uh, that's disappointing. I hope they didn't edit out the part I wanted to address. It says, not to be a dick, but this seems extremely manipulative. You use an advanced psycholo you use advanced psychological techniques, speech patterns, and practiced lines to indoctrinate someone into a mindset you believe to be the correct one. This is on my how to deprogram a religious extremist video. This is well weird. Heck, it's what a cult does, but probably same as with a cult you believe this to be okay because you believe yourself to be in the right. Okay, now, what they're saying here, 
They're saying that I am indoctrinating people in the same way that Jehovah's Witnesses or anybody else is indoctrinating people, right? It's interesting that they brought that up, and I feel like this is an important point that I should really cover on my main channel, too. In fact, I'm going to. But for the moment, we're going to take a look at something that uh, something else that he created. It's called the Influence Continuum. So here's the thing. There is, everybody is constantly being manipulated and influenced uh, 24-7. We're being influenced by ads on YouTube and on TV. Uh, I'm influencing you guys every time I talk. You know, you hear me say something and you go off and do something else and that sticks in your head and maybe changes a choice that you make. Everybody is always influencing everybody else. That's the nature of being alive and interacting with people, right? So what is different, what is wrong about Jehovah's Witnesses doing it that's not wrong when I do it? What is the difference? What's wrong about Jehovah's Witnesses doing it when it's not wrong for your friend to influence you to go to Red Lobster instead of Outback Steakhouse or something? So uh, Stephen Hassan wrote The Influence Continuum, and there are three sections on it for individuals, for leaders, and for organizations and relationships, okay? So we'll start out. There are two types of influence. There's constructive and healthy, and there's destructive and unhealthy, right? So uh, for individuals under destructive and unhealthy influence, you've got um, trying to impose a false identity on somebody. You're giving them conditional love. If they don't do something that you want, then you withhold your love, Um they have a, a set of ideas and beliefs and doctrine that you're supposed to believe in. Uh, let's see. You've got solemnity, fear, and guilt. They use those things to force you into a certain state of mind, to try to force you to put on this mask, this personality, right? This persona. Uh, and they promote dependency and obedience. That's what harmful, destructive, unhealthy influence is for, on an individual basis. Now, here's the constructive, healthy version of influence. Uh, you promote the authentic self. Uh, you promote unconditional love. Um, so, cults will commonly say, you know what, everybody has conditional love. If your son became a murderer, then you wouldn't talk to him or something like that. They use that to defend their actions of uh, the action of withholding their love for something that's absolutely unreasonable. They're using it as a weapon. They're trying to form your personality into something they want it to be, right? Um, if you truly love somebody, if you truly care about somebody, you should be displaying that whether they have this specific personality that you want them to have or not. You're okay with them having an authentic self. Instead of deciding how they should act or what they should believe based on doctrine and writings, you, they you tell them they should decide what to believe and how to act based on their conscience. That's the difference between constructive and destructive influence. Uh, on an individual level. We've got creativity and humor versus solemnity, fear, and guilt. We've got free will and critical thinking versus dependency and obedience. 
So free will and critical thinking, promoting those things, that's positive influence, that's constructive, that's helping. It's a good thing. So that was for individuals. This one is for leaders. We've got narcissistic or psychopathic versus psychologically healthy. We've got elitist or grandiose versus knows their own limits. We've got power hungry versus empowers individuals. So if the leader is power hungry, instead of trying to empower individuals, you, you know they're probably using their influence for nefarious reasons. Or it's dangerous. It's not constructive. It's not healthy. If they're being secretive and deceptive, or if they have been, versus being trustworthy, it's questionable. It's probably destructive influence, destructive behavior. If they claim absolute authority versus being accountable, it's a problem. So just to apply some of these to myself versus Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, let's see. I have said time and time again that I am accountable to people. I want the YouTube community to call me out. And, and I call them out, too, if they do something that I disagree with. Like, if Genetically Modified Skeptic does something with which I disagree, or Holy Kool-Aid, or any of them. They haven't called me out yet, but if they do, I will accept that. I get people in my comments all the time saying I messed this thing up or that thing. In fact, I released a video recently where I said 12 million Jews died in World War II, when actually it was 12 million people. It was 6 million Jews. And as a result, I put, I pinned a comment with the correction and added it to the description. There's accountability. With Jehovah's Witnesses, there's no accountability because God is their leader and God is never wrong. They're obviously secretive and deceptive. They're creating channels through which they can communicate with their members that the public does not see or wouldn't normally see. Let's see, elitist and grandiose, narcissistic and psychopathic. I think the leaders of Jehovah's Witnesses are probably a little bit less those things, like to a lesser degree than other cults. For example, Scientology, you see that in the leadership, like clear as day. But it is there. It's, it's there in Jehovah's Witnesses too. Uh, so then you've got on an organizational level, on the influence continuum, You've got authoritarian structure versus checks and balances. Deceptive or manipulative versus informed consent. They're trying to create clones of people versus individuality or diversity. I was just talking about this on the Extremist Literature podcast the other night. Last night, actually. Where the whole chapter, like chapter 9, is all about having unified beliefs. All Jehovah's Witnesses have to have unified beliefs right? Um, that is them trying to clone people. That's them trying to get everybody to feel the same way. And if you don't, they kick you out and they take your family members away. That is destructive, unhealthy influence versus individuality and diversity. Let's see. The next one is ends justify the means versus means create the end. So ends justify the means is a really good uh, example of, uh, let's see, theocratic warfare. That's the word I was looking for. Or the, what, what's the Scientology version of that? It's, um, shoot, I can't remember it. If somebody wants to put it in the chat, then I'll, I'll mention it. I cannot remember it for the life of me. 
But uh, theocratic warfare is uh, is basically the idea that you can lie and cheat and steal and manipulate whatever it takes to protect God's organization. Uh, whatever it takes. I mean, you'll do anything. Man, I wish I could remember the Scientology version of it. What is it? The um, the fair fair game. The fair game doctrine. That's what it is. God, I could not remember that. Scientology has the fair game rule. Anybody is fair game if they oppose the church. That is ends justify the means thinking. That's destructive, unhealthy influence. Uh, you know, you've got preserving their own power versus encouraging growth. You've got no legitimate reason to leave versus you're free to leave. I was in some clubs at various times in my life. I've been in clubs. I mentioned this recently, too. I have nothing bad to say about those clubs. They were fine. And when I wanted to leave, I just left. I walked out the door and I didn't come back. I didn't have to say a word to anybody if I didn't want to. I didn't have to say goodbye to anybody. It was just the end of it. You can't do that with Jehovah's Witnesses. As free as they say you are to leave, you aren't, period. You lose your family members and your friends if you leave. That's not free. That's not freedom. So that's what's different about me and Jehovah's Witnesses and how we influence people. I'm influencing people to use free will, critical thinking. I'm using, or I'm influencing people to be their authentic self, to use their conscience as their guide instead of using doctrine, instead of using fear, solemnity, and guilt, instead of encouraging dependency and obedience, instead of trying to impose a fake identity on people. I'm trying to give them the opportunity to regain their authentic self. That's the difference. And that's why this comment here is ill-informed. Not to be a dick, but this seems extremely manipulative. You use advanced psychological techniques, speech patterns, and practice lines to indoctrinate someone into a mindset you believe to be the correct one. This is well weird. Heck, it's what a cult does. But probably same as with a cult, you believe this to be okay because you believe yourself to be in the right. What they were talking about specifically is, in this video, how to deprogram a religious extremist. I was using a technique to deprogram somebody, basically. I was using, I'm teaching a technique to get people to recognize that the belief that they hold is not sound. It's not built on solid ground. It's kind of a complicated process, and I go into it in great detail, but when people hear it, they think it's like on the level of subliminal messaging. It, they think it's like NLP, like neuro-linguistic programming, like I'm manipulating people in nefarious ways. It's not like that at all. I'm just asking general questions and pointing out logical flaws in their thinking. Do you think it's reasonable to believe that this person who has a criminal background is the Messiah? Do you think God would have chosen somebody who had a criminal background? You're going to get just a plethora of, of cult responses, programmed responses to that stuff. The, Satan gave him those criminal charges. Like, he didn't deserve those criminal charges and all kinds of stuff. And it's just stepping through their claims one by one, critically examining them in a non-confrontational way. That's what I'm doing. 
I'm not imposing a belief system on anybody in that video. I'm asking questions generally, calmly, and non-confrontationally. That's the difference. Potato, did you have some questions for me by chance? Uh, for sure, yeah, we've got questions. Okay. We've got first up from QF1. Does a straw have two holes or one? Interesting question. Does a straw uh, does a straw have two holes or one? It has one hole that goes all the way through it. There you go. Okay, we've also got from Daddy Chaos. Do you feel you're going to burn out? Uh, that's a really good question. Right now, no. I don't feel like I'm going to burn out, but I've seen too many YouTubers burn out. For example, The Amazing Atheist has been on the platform. I pick him because he's been on the platform for like really, really long time, since like YouTube's inception or something. And eventually he burned out. Am I going to burn out is the question. Um, yes, eventually I will. So I'm trying to take steps now that will extend the amount of time I you know, I have on YouTube before I burn out. Because right now, I am at the height of my YouTube career. I love doing this. This is my favorite thing in the world to do this. I just consider myself so lucky to be able to do this for a living, that I can talk about cults and mind control and help people out of it. And I just could not be luckier, you know. But at some point, I'm going to get sick of editing videos and, and all of that stuff. So yeah, I'm trying to take steps to make sure that it's not, you know, that I that I don't burn out too quickly. Like I'm trying to get people, I'm trying to outsource some of the work, trying to get people to do some of the research for me, trying to get some of the editing done with somebody else. Um, you know, I, just steps here and there, uh, cutting out unnecessary work where I can so that I extend that amount of time. Anyway, uh, did you have another question? Sure. I've got from Greenland Ball. Do you know or are you learning another language? I don't know any other languages, uh, like any other spoken languages, but, and I assume that's the thing you're talking about, but being an ex-software engineer, uh, I have to point out that I know lots of programming languages. And, you know, I've been programming since I was little, so I, that probably doesn't count, though. I've got from Dr. Mr. Jew, should people assimilate into society or should people keep their religion and culture? Should people assimilate or should they keep their religion and culture? That's an interesting question. I think that there's an answer that can be had that is objectively more correct than the other. I don't know which it is, and it really depends on the culture in which you live or the, the area in which you live. Generally, I think that keeping culture is uh, a good thing, uh, keeping your roots, but the more differences there are between you and the people around you, the more distant you're going to feel from them, and the harder it's going to be to assimilate and, and get along with them and be, you know, be a part of that society. So it's a complicated balance. I don't know where it falls exactly, but I feel like if we if we did enough studies and and things like that, we could probably get an objective answer at least for the U.S. So I, I you know I can't speak to it personally. We've got from Gingis, your local ginger. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? 
just blowing through these questions tonight. Um, if I could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? I honestly like the laws in America a lot. Um, with regards or regarding the free speech laws, the freedom of religion laws, and it just the Constitution, I really like the U.S. Constitution a lot. It could be refined and fixed in some things, I think, but overall, I'm genuinely like really happy with it, the state of it. There are some areas like Canada and France that do not have free speech laws like the U.S. does, and that's kind of a shock to me. It's like, I don't know, it's just weird to think that people are not as free to say what they want, free from government prosecution to say what they want as we are here. But I don't know, it just depends. Like, if we're talking climate, I guess I'd, I want somewhere snowy, so I'd want to move somewhere north, probably Canada or maybe even Seattle, Washington or Alaska or something like that. That would be pretty cool. But if we're talking laws, honestly, I like the U.S.'s laws, but I think Canada is a little bit more progressive, so I'd probably want to move there and maybe try to lobby them to put in some free speech laws. Uh, so, yeah, that, that would be my answer. From Grandma Crusher, you feel YouTube is, a stable, is not a stable job, or can you live off of it? It is not stable, like at all. It's not stable at all. It goes up and down, up and down. Some months... I make just a ton of money, and some months I barely make rent. But uh, Patreon evens it out. So Patreon has always guaranteed that I could pay rent, luckily, since I quit my, like, my software engineering job. If it weren't for Patreon, I would have felt way less comfortable doing this full-time. But, yeah, I mean, for example, like... A lot of people know this, but the end of the year is really, really lucrative. Like Christmas time, people are spending money on ads and all kinds of stuff. And so the, the what's called CPM goes way up. So it's cost, it's, I think it stands for cost per M and M is the Roman numeral for a thousand. So it's the amount of money that YouTube pays you for each uh, thousand views, right? So CPM is really high in October, November, and December, and then it just falls through the floor in January. So the January YouTube paycheck is usually, for most YouTubers, is really, really good. And then the February, March, and April ones are just complete garbage. And then it kind of evens out. I don't know. It's a really complicated thing. You have to balance it and be really good at budgeting and stuff to be able to do it at all. But I'm making it. Like I said, thanks to Patreon, I am making it. So uh, so from Cynical Sam, uh, how do you think growing up in the area you had affected you? Growing up in the area that I grew up, in which I grew up, how did it affect me? Um, well, I, I haven't been super public about the area in which I grew up, but I have mentioned it like once, so I'll mention it again. I grew up in Connecticut when I was little, like until I was like eight years old or something. And... Honestly, it wasn't like a religious area. It's just a few hours from New York City and, and a bunch of other big areas. It just wasn't really religious. It was just that my mom, you know, had some Jehovah's Witnesses knock on her door at just the right moment. 
that was that's what it was but eventually i moved to west virginia and grew up here and it was pretty isolated from lots of other people like it was isolated from a from big areas i lived in a small area when i was little and as a result of that you know jehovah's witnesses isolate their members anyways can't really have worldly friends anyways so the only choice I had was to be friends with the Jehovah's Witnesses or have no friends at all. And there were not really many Jehovah's Witnesses my age in the first place, like a couple of them in the Kingdom Hall. So, yeah, my, my area definitely did affect it, but not in the way that one would think. But anyway, uh, yeah, do you have one more? Sure. Uh, we've got from QF Glenn, how's Alpha Force Zero? She is doing awesome. It's her birthday tomorrow, and she is upstairs frantically trying to get to sleep so she can wake up as early as possible to get that that present. So, unfortunately, I don't know if she's actually asleep right now or not, and so I don't want to say what the present is just in case she's awake, but suffice to say it's going to be awesome, and she she will like it a great deal, so... I figure we can move into guests. Uh, The first guest I have listed here is ScovXLM. Are you there? Can you hear me? Testing? Uh, No, I can't hear you. What? Oh, yeah, zing. What's going on? (laughs) Uh, Just the normal shit, you know. What's going on? Oh, not too much. Uh, We haven't talked in here before, have we? Shit, no, we haven't. I don't think we've talked together ever. So, what religion were you originally? Are you still religious, or...? Uh, let me sort of give, like, a, a short recap. Sure, um, sure. So, I, this goes back to, like, my grade school. First through fifth grade, I went through public high school, or public school. Yeah. Uh, then from sixth grade, I got pushed into a private Christian high school. Uh, if I had to put a denomination on it, I would say evangelical. Okay, interesting. So, um, I... And I that was, was so you were in like a, a, you said a grade school that was super religious, super Christian, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, th- th- I gotta, I gotta say, uh, regardless of the religious dogma, the, uh, just, just going through the, uh, education itself, this itself was, uh, bar none. It was right. like, like we had chemistry, all that. Really? It was pretty good education? Yeah, huh. but I was shit. I was shit as chemistry. Fucking, I hated that. Shit. Right? <laughs> I, fucking, I could not. I, God, it was. Fucking I went hard for to chemistry follow. for like a little while. Like I went to college for it for like a year, and then I switched to psychology. But yeah, but but here was the thing. Like we we were taught uh, everything everything under the Bible. We still had our worship sessions. We still had. Like, you know, people speaking in tongues, you know, arms up in the air, just slain in the spirit sort of thing, like, all that. But it still had, like, its uh, high-end, like, teachings. Just, like, these people were, like, dedicated to their fields. Like, chemistry teacher was just taught in that field. Right. Even Even though they had to teach from these religious textbooks, they still taught us, you know, far above anything that anybody in the public school sector would teach. Right? Yeah. That's pretty so interesting. That. So you feel like your education was pretty good then with... I, I got to give it comparatively speaking, yes. Uh, but I don't know. I didn't know, go through the public high school speaking, so I can't really fully compare the two, you know? 
Right. Well, I went to public school for a little while, and then I ended up going to, um, or I'm sorry, then I ended up homeschooling, but I didn't yeah. really do anything in homeschooling. Uh, I just ended up going back to public school. And honestly, I was okay with most of my public school education, except for some things like sex ed was not fantastic, but, uh, but you know, I mean, I made it through. Uh, yeah, that, that was the same thing we were taught, and there was just uh, these odd quirks that I sort of uh, undertook. I sort of, I don't know, my uh, deviation from the sect of religion that I was in was step-by-step. Uh, step. Like, okay, so uh, I was in, like, gym class, and I stole second base during, like, a kickball match, and the base, like, kicked, when, when I dove for it, the base fucking skipped my step. And they called me out, and I'm like, I said under my breath, God damn it. And the Uh-oh. religious gym teacher caught this. Oh, right? that's not good. Oh, and she started to berate me in front of the whole class. And from, like, that day on, I'm like, I don't want to be anything like these people. Right? That is not yep. good. So what happened? Like, they didn't kick you out, did they? Something? No, fuck no. They, they just they berated money, you. you know? Yeah, they berated that the sucks, fuck out man. of me. Yeah, that was like the only time I ever got detention this entire time, like for like the entire six years thereafter. That's crazy. And, Did you go and, for like your whole career like, in school or whatever? From like sixth grade to gra- high school graduation. That that was I I just bore through it. I was like fuck it. I'm just gonna push through this. Yeah. Uh, and I wound up with I was like three point four, three point three GPA. I was no class ace, but goddamn it, I'd do it. That's good. Shit, man. That's A's and B's. And, yeah, exactly. I never quite got straight A's. I fucking came close, but goddamn it, I never quite did it. That's not a bad. <laughs> that's not bad though. That's fucking, something to be proud of, honestly. Three, anything above three point or up is insanely good. I would, yep. I would say. Yep. And, uh, oh god, I want to say, like my big thing was I first got into art was drawing dragons, right? Right. And my art teacher, uh, she got concerned. Because I was drawing demonic beings. Okay, right. And I was like, fucking really? And she barred like half of my drawings from ever being in the annual art display. And you're like, you know what? Fuck this. And so, <laughs> That's... I was the type of person that was like, I went full out. I went, uh, I, I went out on missions. I talked on the streets. And this was like the mean streets of, uh, I can talk about this. This is like the ghetto of uh, Minneapolis here. Right. And, I mean, it's not like Chicago or Detroit where back in the day, you know, but we were still out there talking to people. Sure, sure. I mean, and it's so, it, they have bad areas in other spots, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, St. Louis, all that. Yeah. And so I went from, it like, a year and a half after graduating, uh, I got a... I went into uh, enlistment in the U.S. military. Okay, right. So I went from, I guess, going on the, out on the streets to saving souls to basically taking lives. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's one hell of a U-turn, you know. So what what branch was it? Was it like the military? I'm sorry, was it the army it or was, the- it was the army? Yes. Okay. Did you like it? it? I mean, how was it? It was my first dose of reality in, okay. in the real world, and it's just not anything like anybody can compare. Yeah, uh, that's that's all I gotta say about that. And yeah, it definitely set a precedence. So uh, was that a good thing for you? You think ultimately? 
I'd say yes. Hmm. I hear because... that like the military gives people structure that they didn't have otherwise, and that's oh, a, yeah, that works yeah, out yeah, for oh, them. Oh God, definitely fucking people that were just they had no other hope other than to join. Yeah, you know they go to jail. That that shit fucking happens. Yeah, I mean at least it did when I went in because they were just this was during the surge. This was oh eight. 07, okay, right. 2007, 2008, they were just looking for bodies to fill the lines, especially in the combat roles. Right. Right. So, so you were like, you were uh, over in the Middle East then, basically. Yep. I served two tours in Afghanistan from two, 2011, 2012, and then a little stint in 2014. That is so crazy, man. That's just, yeah. I, that's and something that I've never like been able to relate to. It's really interesting to me, like going overseas and stuff. It's definitely a different world. I mean, if you ever got like a, a little bit of time, I mean, I could just regale you with stories of just that did, shit that didn't make sense. One but, of these days, I'm going to take you up on that. It sounds pretty cool. All right, definitely. Like, uh, like the only thing I got to take issue with on atheism yeah. was uh, you, you ever just – my one question against atheism was, yeah. uh, you, you know, you ever run across these people that you wonder – how the fuck have you survived this long? They're just that level of stupid. Yes, I have. Um, unfortunately, yes. a lot of the people that I run across like that uh, don't really take a position on religion at all. Like, it isn't really in their heads, but if I ever do bring it up, then they tell me that they're Christians, but they, you know, they don't really go to church or anything, that kind of thing. I've seen some of that. Well, I mean, shit, I, I came back to the civilian job site about yeah. a few late... Three years later, I'm about 10 years in now, I went to active duty in the National Guard. So I went, I talked to these people, uh, and I found out one of my coworkers, right? Yeah. She started sending texts. I immediately got uh, promoted to team leader, right? Uh, in the, or team lead in this one job field. And we're driving shuttles on this base at an oil refinery. That's where I work now. Mm. And she se- she sends a text message. She says, she says, uh, in this lengthy text, uh, to sum it all up, it says, my shuttle uh, gas gauge is, a, is on empty. How many trips can I take before I have to refill? Right. And I think, well, how the fuck do I answer that? Because, I mean, technically, you can keep going until you stop. Right. <laughs> That's <fuck>. interesting. <laughs> in a goddamn oil refinery, right? Yeah. But, I mean... That's really interesting, she- man. Um but, I mean, you said that your evangelical education was pretty good generally, right? Yeah, because we learned apologetics. Okay, so in this apologetics class, we not only learned, you know, what we were pro- uh, proposed to uh, learn already within the Bible and its text bit. Yeah. The, the important bit that I learned was there's, um, in the English translation, there's only so much that you can glean from it, whereas if you look back into its Greek or to its original context, it means so much more. So, right. if you look back in the, in, the, uh, in the Genesis, it says God created the whales, right? Right. Immediately, people are going to think, oh, he created the great blue whales. No, if you look up that word, it means dragons. Really? Okay, interesting. Yes. I've heard a lot of interesting stuff about, like, uh, you know, different translations and stuff. Actually, there's uh, something called the um, wait a minute, it's the Transliterary Bible, I feel like. Does that sound familiar to you? or No, that one sounds a little bit different. Uh, this one is like 
you, you got the Bible with its whole little words, like 2,000 pages of some shit, and then yeah. you've got the Greek translation, which is like 5,000 pages that translates each every word from each yeah. uh, each word, uh, depending on which uh, uh, which which verse it's taken from. Because like the could mean like a million different things yeah. depending on which verse it's taken from. Yeah, uh, that's what, what I was I thinking s- of. I didn't remember yep. the name of it though. Do you remember the name of that? Uh, Bible. The only thing I would, uh, I'd have to look it back up, but I would suggest getting a copy of the Drake's Bible. The Drake's Bible. I'll check that yep. out. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, definitely. Because that one has like annotations for like every fucking little thing that you can think of. Um, right. But if I want to chronic chronologize it, it went from being evangelical to skeptical to. I don't know where I, where I'd find myself now to where I just I got tired of the bullshit. Yeah, what and with religion I, generally? Just you're not a big fan of how they act, or just everything. Yeah. So, you know, if if it didn't, you know, how the fuck these people did? They did, they they did go along the same track that I did. Yeah. They didn't have any really real world uh, uh, experience. I guess I guess I got to say I don't want to diminish what they have to say. Because there is some good sayings in it. Yeah. But it, it it's some other ones. That are just uh, awful. Just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they just send the wrong message. Yeah. Like I understand. Like, I know what you mean. Yeah, that, that's, I, I that's learned, really interesting learned, stuff, though. I learned, I learned a valuable good lesson. If you cannot uh, argue the opposite opinion that you currently have uh, convincingly... Then you don't really have any rights to the. You don't really understand it very well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like, um, shoot, I can't remember. Somebody famous said something similar. Didn't say that exactly. Oh, it was Einstein, I think, said if you can't explain something to a six year old, then you don't really understand it or something like that. It's kind of similar, but. but different in its own right. But yeah, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me. It's been super interesting. And uh, I'll hit you up one of these days and we'll talk about that stuff, okay? Yeah, anytime. All right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, something else you guys can take a look at is something called the Skeptics Annotated Bible. Um, let me just pull something up here. It's called, um, I think it's called bibviz.com, B-I-B-V-I-Z.com. And a lot of you guys have probably seen this before. It's uh, pretty much... uh, So all of these little red lines that you see here, this is every contradiction that you can find in the Bible. And it gives the verses and what they say. You can click one. Uh, Let's just click one real quick. Uh, Just pick any of them. Um, I want to pick one with multiple contradictions. Wait, if I can. It's not... There we go. Okay. Uh, we've got the only the two tables of Moses, 1 Kings 8 and 9. I'm sorry, 1 Kings 8 9. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone which Moses put here at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel. And then 2 Chronicles 5.10 says, There was nothing in the ark save the two tables which Moses put therein at Horeb. So, <clears throat> two different verses in the Bible say that there were two tables that Moses put there at Horeb, apparently. Then Hebrews 9.4 says, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold. 
wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the table and the tables of the covenant. So anyway, it's things like that. Like, you, you know, you can pick out any of these and it will give you more information on what it has to say. Murder is acceptable versus murder is not acceptable. Uh, does God desire animal sacrifices? Things like that. Uh, lots of really, really interesting stuff there. So you guys should check that out. Bibviz.com. Pretty cool. Or you can just get the Skeptics Annotated Bible and read it for yourself. It's in there. But The next person I wanted to bring on was the Plague Doctor 6. Are you there? Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I'm here. How's it going? Good. So, I'm really nervous. <laughs> oh, it's nothing to be nervous about, really. I swear. I'm, I still get nervous, though, when I talk on like the podcast and stuff. I don't know why. Anyway, so tell me. Uh, were you religious originally? Are you still religious? Or? Um. I was religious. I was part of the Church of Christ. Oh, really? The Church um, of Christ. Interesting. So what was it like? Uh, I understand that the Church of Christ is non-denominational, so it it goes from <laughs> church to church, right? Um, I guess it's non-denominational with, like, big quotation marks. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, some of the, like, some of the churches will, like, have somewhat different things that they do but for yeah. the most part it's like somewhat the same between all of them right pretty unified yeah so what was it like growing up in the church of christ like were you allowed to play musical instruments i understand in some of them you aren't no. right no they're very big like like no musical instruments they've had like entire sermons about like why they don't do that <laughs> Let me ask you this. Are you allowed to play musical instruments generally, but not during worship, or are you just not allowed to play them at all? Um, it's just during worship. Oh, okay. All right. I was going to say, because did you know, little fun fact here, did you know that Weird Al Yankovic is Church of Christ? Really? Yep. I did not know yep, that. Yep, yep, he is. I was so surprised when I found that out, too. Uh, he made his career off of playing musical instruments but like you said i mean it's the kind of thing you're not allowed to do during worship not necessarily all the time right yeah it's just worship and it's like you, they're like can't make loud noises like shouting hallelujah or whatever and they're like very big huh. against clapping and huh. a bunch of other shit <laughs> i didn't know that like i didn't know that you couldn't clap and and shout and stuff because that's kind of like a hallmark of the pentecostal religion is all the shouting and getting your blood pumping and all that you know yeah do you feel like it was cult-like to you um well i never really thought it was cult-like mm. until i like left and was it just seemed like there was a lot of like sketchy things that they were did and yeah. it kind of made me feel like it was like at least borderline cult right but like uh, what <laughs> what what kind of stuff do you have um, examples they would always take attendance mm. like for any members that were there they'd take an attendance like see if you were there for like every single service right wednesday wednesday nights sunday nights and sundays and um I've heard from other people, like, in the uh, ex-Church of Christ subreddit, that, like, um, if they hadn't been going, like, 
every single time then the elders would like pull them aside and like talk to them about like why they aren't coming and why they should that's yeah that's not good that's not good at all another thing was there was this whole debacle with uh one of the former preachers that we had and uh he like sent out an email like after he had left like explaining like what had all happened because we were all pretty much in the dark and uh the elders talked about the email uh during like after one of the services and it kind of just got this whole feel of don't question us ever that's not good (laughs) yeah i really didn't like that i have a um I had an ex-coworker. I worked with him at my last job as a software engineer. He was Church of Christ, and I had him on uh, a, a few times, actually. And he was telling me that uh, one of the big problems with Church of Christ is that the elders are almost like overlords. Like, they control everything. Yeah, yeah. I don't... <sighs> that was it's a like... pretty obvious problem you could see, too? Yeah, pretty much. Because it's always like... They say that they get their authority from God or whatever, but yep. like when it just comes down to it, they're the ones running the show. Yep. Yep. Do you have any other examples of like any other ways in which they were kind of cult like? I think that my buddy was um, telling me that uh, they're reasonably relaxed about clothing and hairstyles. Was that your experience too, or were they extreme about um, it? Kind of. Well, like. During Sunday services or whatever, we could, like, wear jeans or whatnot. Okay, right. Um, but, like, they kind of wanted us to, like... Because there were... it's a The church had a lot of really old people in it. Yeah. Um, and so, like, whenever one of the youth group people or whatever would, like, dress nice, like, a suit and tie or whatever, yeah. they'd, like, give them, like big compliments about like how mature oh yeah okay so positive reinforcement they're setting up a system of rewards and punishments yeah yeah and they'd always and they'd always kind of like give the side eye to anyone who wasn't (laughs) yep a lot of it isn't necessarily like the the rules that are in place really it's mostly about uh how it's about the culture and how people are treated and things. So, for example, with Mormonism, I don't think shunning is on the books, but people are treated a little bit differently when they decide that they don't really believe it anymore. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I definitely know what you mean. And I I think that I actually... I did a video on the Church of Christ, and I called it a cult in the video. I did a whole expose about it. I don't know if you saw that or not, but... Yeah, I did it. Yeah, it, it is a pretty, it can be really, really extreme. But I, I am really glad to hear that you made your way out. That's good to hear. And I appreciate you coming on and talking to me. And maybe we'll talk again on the, on the, um, on the Discord somewhere, okay? All right, thanks. Yep. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting stuff. Uh, like I said, I'm really glad that, uh, that he made it out. Because sometimes people are stuck in that shit their entire lives. And before they know it they just you know they've blown their whole lives on something that's not true on making people happy who don't deserve it and it's just really heartbreaking but there was one more guest i wanted to get to and that is pj wait a minute let me find 
See if I can find the name. Oh, it's at the very top, of course. Hey, are you there? Can you hear me? Oh, hello. hello. What was that? Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. It's good. Uh, I see you around the Discord pretty frequently. Actually, I've been in some voice chats with you, haven't I? Yeah, quite a few. I'm pretty regular. Yeah, yeah. I've seen you around for a while. So, what religion were you originally? Are you still religious, or...? Um, I wish kind wait you're breaking um, up a little bit there uh what was that no i'm jewish oh you're jewish okay cool are you a practicing jew do you still believe it or are you kind of secular um, secular okay interesting uh how do your parents feel about you um i mean do you believe in god or no no oh, okay no, how do your no. parents feel about that are they kind of extreme uh, about it or are they pretty moderate no my parents are really moderate. Well, my mom, so... Your mom is my pretty moderate, you say? Yeah. That's good. What about your dad? Not so much? Uh, He's Catholic. Well, he was born Catholic. I think he's agnostic now. Okay. So, that's yeah. an That's an interesting thing. So, your mom was Jewish, and you were raised Jewish as a result of that, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, are you, like, how did you feel about religion when you were growing up? Did you see, like, any of the other kids talking about Christianity or any of that stuff and just think it was kind of strange or... Um, well, I didn't actually know what Christianity was fifth grade. Yeah, fifth grade. You didn't know what Christianity was until fifth grade. That's insane. Yeah, because I went to a pub books well i went from really small um you went to a small uh small public school you said yeah where like religion wasn't really talked about at all that's fascinating oh man in my school it was just like non-stop and you know honestly i was kind of part of the problem like i was talking about religion non-stop too but yeah, that's that's good. I mean, that's a good thing, right? What about like for things like the Pledge of Allegiance? Did you say the Pledge of Allegiance and that kind of thing or? Yeah, yes I did. Okay. Uh I don't know if like probably some people watching saw my interview with Jake from the from the Bible Reloaded. He was saying he didn't say the pledge when he was little. That kind of blew my mind. Of course I didn't either. But uh, cuz I was Jehovah's Witness. But yeah, that's that's pretty mm -hmm. crazy. So how do you feel about religion now? Like, what is your stance on it after having grown up and, and looking from the outside and everything like this? Um, well, to fifth grade, um, yeah. the only school, I'm dyslexic, the only school that will have accommodations for me is a, so now I'm in a Wait, I I kind of lost you for a second there. You were breaking up. You said you're dyslexic, and the only school that'll accommodate that is what? A Christian. Oh, it's a Christian school. school. Okay, well, that's weird. So now I'm in a Christian, and I'm I'm not anti-theist, but I'm don't Christianity. You don't like Christianity, you say? Yeah. Oh, right. So you're not anti-theist, but you don't like Christianity generally. Yeah. Got yeah. you. Got you. Really interesting. Yeah, I was just talking about this before the podcast started, but like some people feel like religion is kind of Christianity more specifically is 
toxic just by existing almost just because it's like you're believing in things that are untrue you're accepting untrue things by default and that's kind of harmful by its nature i haven't really called myself an anti-theist necessarily how do you feel about that what you wouldn't do you think that that's the case or um really Hmm. it's kind of a loaded question do you think that it's harmful to believe things that are untrue or do you think it's harmful to believe things with little or no evidence we'll say that because there is some evidence for some things right yeah i do think it's harmful to believe without any evidence yeah well i um I just kind of rejected the like the title of anti-theist because when like a lot of my peers picked it up because I I don't know I just feel like I'm trying to get a lot of religious people on my side so we can work together to end extremism you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I I think that calling myself an anti-theist while that is probably that is what I am I think uh it isolates people who could help me otherwise uh fight something that's toxic and destructive so i haven't really picked the title up for the most part but it took me a while to like get to the point where i could articulate that feeling but yeah but anyways yeah that's pretty interesting stuff i mean you don't normally come across people who were totally isolated from religion like that. Like, it sounds like you you said you weren't really involved in religion until fifth grade, right? Yeah. That is nuts. Well, not with Christianity. With a lot of other religions, though. Like what? Uh, Like Judaism, I assume. Judaism, Buddhism. Hmm. um, What was your experience with those religions? Like Buddhism, for example. um, So... my um buddhists come to um our area and they Mm. buy shells from because really like shells right okay and um they'll me and everything which is really cool yeah and they're like really nice and they say you don't need to be religious um as long as you're nice right respect everything yeah so as long as you're nice and respectable or respectful to people, then you you know you don't have to be religious. Is the bottom line, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty decent way to look at it. Um, I kind of feel the same way in the other direction. Like you don't have to be non-religious. You know, I'm honestly like I'm all about respecting people generally. Like you don't have to be a dick about anything. You know. Uh, I just don't like it when people like attack other people. Like, I'm sure there are better ways to get points across than attacking people. Yeah, it's just I don't know. There, like, there's been this culture of people on YouTube feeling like mockery or mocking somebody is virtuous. I don't know where that came from or why they latched onto that, but it's not. It's a bad idea. You do not want to mock people. It will mm-hmm. lock them into their position even deeper. Don't do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I appreciate um, you coming on and talking to me. It's been super interesting. That's an interesting story, and I'm sure I'll see you in one of the voice chats pretty soon, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I'll talk to you later on. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, I'm in the voice chats from time to time, and I see 
PJ in there a lot, interestingly enough. Anyways, yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week.